Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Welcome to the Detroit Kool-Aid, everybody. It's Friday, and this is Griffin coming at you. I'm going solo here today, but as always, though, with it being Friday, you know that you're going to hear the weather report. Oh, winter's finally here in Michigan. It's been here for a few weeks now, ever since you know, pretty much the Christmas holiday. We've got some snow on the ground, and now the chill's starting to set in. Oh, gosh, it's going to be cold this weekend. We're looking at, like, the high 20s, low 30s, and at night, it's down into the teens. means everybody's going to have their electric blankets on them, be cuddled up in a lot of, you know, other blankets, and making sure they got their warm jammies on, you know, for dinner, especially watching the games this weekend. I'm going to use chili, because we, we've been eating chili enough already. You're going to be looking at other things you're going to be wanting, man. If you're looking for that nice, warm beef stew or something like that, you're going to want to have some hearty meals this weekend. Maybe some good old-fashioned comfort food, like some meatloaf and potatoes with some, like some gravy on it. Of course, man, it's going to be a great weekend watching the playoffs. Too bad our favorite team, the Lions, aren't in there. But, you know, sit back. Got six games going this weekend. Three on Saturday, three on Sunday. But, you know, it's Friday here, so TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. So the first thing I want to start on, I'm sure everybody, you know, had an opinion on this, but uh, what happened with that uh, roughing the passer call? I mean, I'm sure, like, NFL referees have a very difficult job, you know, a lot of fast-paced action, there's a lot of rule changes that they always have to monitor, but still, it seems like the Lions always kind of get jobbed on these, you know, you know, these calls like this. Looked like Tracy Walker, who hasn't really shown up a whole lot this year, but decided, you know, to show up in the last game, had this great sack on a fourth down that, that would have stopped, you know, you know, the Vikings from going into score. Just your basic, I don't want to say harmless sack, but, you know, it wasn't even like that really hard of hit. He just kind of, you know, tackled him and was going down to the ground, and even at points it looks like he's trying to roll off. But, uh, nope. Obviously, the referee saw it differently, that he was using his full force, you know, tackling the ever-great protected Kirk Cousins. It's just, you know, he gave him a first down. And, you know, a couple plays later, they actually stopped first down again. But then after that, you know, um, quarterback sneak, Cousins goes in, he does a little crap dance because everybody knows how I feel about Kirk Cousins. The guy's still a crap quarterback. I knew they threw some stats up during the game. And then, you know, since, what, five years ago, he's like, you know, he's like in the top five of all, like, these different stats or whatever. But, like... Yeah, okay, he still sucks, though, okay? But still, I don't know what the referee was looking at right there. Are, are you kidding me? And then later in the game, they they call the um, non-touchdown touchdown that um, Marvin Jones had. It's like, oh, it bounced off the ground. When the replay shows you, first of all, you can't even really tell. You know, and even the even the um, announcers of the game are like, well, it looks like it bounced off his arm and, you know, it went up when his arm hit the ground. But no, referees and then, you know, whoever New York who 
whoever they call, call, you know, during the game, you know, they saw it differently. Oh, it went off the ground. Yeah, the Lions did go in and score, so I, I don't know if it mattered per se, but it makes you wonder, what are they looking at? And I know in the past, the NFL has tried to make NFL referees full-time, much like they do in the other major sports where, you know, there's obviously a lot more games and and there's a lot more travel in between. And the NFL referees have naturally fought it because they all got day jobs, you know, lawyers or engineers or whatever it is they do. They obviously have well-paying jobs, other spots that their jobs allow them to, you know, like, oh, wait, you got to fly out on Thursday to go to Dallas to do the Cowboys-Washington, you know, football team game? Yeah, sure, no problem. I mean, yeah, none of these guys are, you know, greeters at Walmart or they're not working, you know, the drive through at a, at a McDonald's or Burger King or something like that. They obviously have well-paying jobs that they want to keep, and they still want to get paid a nice sum of change by the NFL and be on TV on Sundays, obviously, especially if you're a head referee having to do all the calls. But still, how come they can't become full-time employees and, you know, obviously, like, watch video and kind of bounce more ideas off each other so you won't have calls like this? Yeah, I had this argument with my friend through through my friends through Texas. Just like it doesn't matter, we wanted the Lions to lose anyways. They get the better draft pick, you know. They have the seventh pick. I agree. I'm not sad that the Lions lost. I'm more sad at the call. I mean, it's just like, come on, you know, it's it, you, what are you doing? It, it's just a it was a basic sack. It wasn't that bad at all. When you know, pretty much everybody in America, other teams, like. You know, guys, was it Terrell Crosby was sitting at home injured? You know, tweets like, "What? I mean, come, come on, it's basic. Come on, NFL referees, you guys are supposed to be the best of the best." And still, it's just you have calls like this that leaves people scratching their heads. How come there's no the fines or something like that? Oh yeah, they get laid off or not laid off, but you know, hey, you can't do playoff games. You don't get called to do other things. I mean, really, what happens to these guys? Nothing. I mean, as Lions fans, we see plenty of bad calls, you know, against Lions year after year. But you know, yeah, they're they're out there next Sunday, you know, calling another you know game, you know, that could be you know obviously playoff altering or you know season altering for a team, and they have calls like this on a sack. I mean, really, I mean, and and, and people like make fun of me saying, hey, it's just like oh no conspiracy, oh the NFL really doesn't care. But then was it uh, was it a couple weeks ago when Tennessee was in Green Bay? They're, they show that. They show like Aaron Jones running the ball, and he's he yeah he has a foot clearly out of bounds. I mean, it's not on the sideline. No, it's like clearly stepped on the white line out of bounds, and the referee's staring right at him, and he lets it go. And yeah, Green Bay kicked the crap out of Tennessee, and that that play didn't matter. But still, it was like another thirty yards on the run that Aaron Jones got. But refs, what are you looking at? Are you guys just mailing in at this point in the season? I mean, even what season, you know, it seems like at game five during the season, you guys are making crappy calls like this. But yet, yeah, neither team had anything to play for here. And, you know, I had some people, you know, saying to me, Mike, where's the conspiracy? You should have the conspiracy music going. Maybe it was uh, Sheila Fort Hamp, you know, calling the referees saying, hey, we want to lose this game to get the better draft pick, simply because they only have five draft picks this year. So they want as high as picks as they can get. You know, maybe she called and said, hey, you know, make sure we don't win this. And I guess I never looked at it that way. Maybe I just always thought it was the NFL that had the, uh, had the, um, you know, had it out to you know screw over the lines. But no, maybe this particular game, their team owner really wanted them to lose so bad, you know, that she actually called like, hey, it doesn't matter. Just make sure we lose, you know. And and you get calls like this. So I know I'm just joking with that. Team owners don't want your team to lose, and you know, and coaches, you know, everybody. I guess. 
you can debate that. I mean, I guess if you saw the Washington football team, Philadelphia Eagles game Sunday night where, you know, Jalen Hurts is playing. He's not playing a terrible game. He's, he's having a decent game against Washington. And all of a sudden in the fourth quarter when <laughs> Philadelphia is down by three, they they pull Hurts to put in Sudfeld because Doug Peterson's like, well, I thought he should get some snaps. I, mean, I thought it was time to see what he could do. Um, this isn't Little League, buddy. You, know, you, know, you don't have to have rules like that. Obviously, you guys were trying to throw the game to keep your draft pick, and now your whole team sees it. And uh, you're going to lose your team next year because of it. So us in Detroit, we've seen it before where – Team, you know, teams have pretty much turned on their coach this year, but you you can have you can try to lose games, or you can have the refs help you out. I've seen the joke a hundred times that it's always Detroit versus the refs and the other team, and just calls like this, roughing the passer, calling Tracy Walker, is just kind of it. Just once again, always leads me to believe that yeah, the NFL has it out for Detroit, and they really don't care about Detroit or the fans or the team. It doesn't matter either way. So that's my take on that. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure you feel. You know, you have something on it. If, if how you guys ever feel about referees, hit me up on Twitter at GrifkaDKC. Um, I'd like to hear from you guys and respond, and uh, you know, th- see what you guys think about the referees. Because as always, I still think the referees do get a little bit of direction from the higher ups because the NFL is an entertainment sport. Um, like I said, with this, you know, the season is finally over. We can put this behind us. Hopefully, you know, me and Derek discussed it. What's this season going to be known for? You know, COVID, no fans, you know, bad players, just going to be regular. But at least we can look forward to the future. I mean, they're bringing in plenty of, you know, guys to interview. There's, you know, all the talk, you know, I know me and Derek, you know, you guys have heard how we feel about Matt Stafford. I say just, you know, fine, trade him, eat the salary cap, you know, hit. You know, you're just going to have to live with it. This team has roughly, what, like, Ten million in salary cap money right now, and they only have five draft picks. So obviously there are going to be some cap casualties. There's a few guys out there that you know could have seen besides Matt Stafford seen their last you know um, you know playing you know for Detroit guys that they could get rid of where the salary cap hits not terrible, but uh, you know could give them some more space to try to rebuild this team because there obviously a lot needs to be and needs to be changed on this team, but. Um, can we say the season was enjoyable? Did we see the team improve under Daryl Bevel? Was it playing harder for Daryl Bevel? I I believe they were. The defense, you know, was still pretty crappy. I mean, I thought probably one of the better games they played. There were a few games where the defense did kind of show up, but lately, you know, at this point in the season, I mean, the defense it looked like they were trying hard. They were just kind of, you know, at first part of the game, I mean, it looks like they were showing a lot more blitzes. They were bringing the pressure, doing a lot, and then it seemed like later in the game they kind of backed off on that. Uh, Kirk Cousins got a little more comfortable, had a little more time to throw the ball. And um, it, it just obviously we saw how the game turned out, you know, with another loss. But uh, still, the team seemed to play a little harder for Dale Bevel. I mean, I'm not pining for this guy to be the head coach. I think there's other candidates out there. Um, people are like, oh, maybe they can bring Daryl Bevel back as an offensive coordinator. I'm not for sure how he would feel about that. Uh, simply because, I mean, yeah, you were the offensive coordinator. And then you were the interim head coach. So you did have the you know the keys of the car, at least for you know five games. And then they're going to like, oh, hey, um, we want you back, but not as the head coach, just as the offensive coordinator. Are you cool with this? I mean, so I'm not, once again, I'm not for sure how people feel about that. But uh 
you know, yeah, it'd be nice to keep Morano's offense coordinator. I, I thought the offense did some good things if uh, they have a coach to kind of take the shackles off him. I always thought Matt Pat kind of kept him under wraps a little bit, kind of did what he wanted to do, wanted him to do, where um, Daryl Bevel wasn't given the uh, autonomy to, to run the offense how he would like. So this season's going to be, you know, remembered for a lot of things, but I guess it's just nice that it's, that it's it's on that that the season's over and the playoffs are here and you know I, I know Derek mentioned watch some good football but have you seen some of these games like some of these teams that are in the playoffs I mean the Bears made it I mean hey we beat two playoff teams we beat Washington and we beat and and the Chicago Bears in Chicago's building so hey Lions got two playoff you know two victories against playoff teams nice job Detroit but uh, still I mean. There are going to be some decent playoff games this weekend. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing, this, you know, the Tampa Bay game, Tampa Bay-Washington game. I'm interested to see what Tom Brady will do or how he'll uh, react to Chase Young as he was running off the field after the rousing victory against the tanking Philadelphia Eagles. I was like, I want Tom. Bring on Tom. Well, I'm sure a lot of people always want to face the best. And, you know, as Ric Flair said, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Woo! So, I don't know, um, Chase Young, if you, you guys, you know, Chase Young, you had a you know, good year. You know, good to good to great year. You really did. Your defense is probably the best thing about that team. But still, I mean, Tom Brady, he knows how to win playoff games. And you guys are young, and you guys are your coach is actually thinking about rotating quarterbacks. So it makes you kind of wonder. Really, I mean, so I don't see that happening. But still, I think there's going to be some good football games to watch this weekend. Um, the Sunday night game is Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And Cleveland, you know, their head coach just tested positive for COVID, so I'm not sure if if he'll be able to coach or if he'll be, you know, you know, off in a room somewhere trying to make calls or something like that. I don't know, but still, I mean, playoffs are here, and hopefully next year, everybody's thinking it's going to be a rebuilding year. Adrian Peterson said, I've I've seen different things with Adrian Peterson. He's like, oh, I don't want to come back to Detroit. Oh, I do want to come back to Detroit. I only want to come back to Detroit, you know, if they're going to go for it. I'm not ready for a rebuild. I want to win championships. I totally see his point of view. I, I really do, but it's funny which headline you read, where you're reading it, because like. <laughs> like I know Derek busts on me for Lions 24-7, but I see him. It's like, Adrian Peterson wants to come back to Detroit. And then you read other outlets. They're like, Adrian Peterson, you know, ready to leave Detroit. And it's just, I guess it depends on, you know, who's reading it, you know, who's writing it and who's reading it, which way you're going to look at that. So just part of the season that, you know, there's points where, you know, I know we were really happy with, you know, Adrian Peterson, how he looked. But then there were points he, he kind of disappeared, and then he would come back and, me and Derek, we talked about this on a prior show. He's good for his leadership. Yeah, his PFF number wasn't that great. And don't get me wrong, I don't put a lot of stock in PFF or Derek puts more in it. But, you know, Adrian Peterson, your PFF rating, you know, not that great. But, yeah, here for his leadership, show the guys how to play. I, I think that's a good thing for this team, especially if they're actually going to kind of go for it. But at this point, you got to bring you know, bring in the coach, the GM. At that point, they'll make the decision, you know, how they're going to go about it. It seems like a lot, I'm reading a lot of stuff right now besides on Lions 24-7 and other things. It seems like they're pointing towards bringing Matt Stafford back, which, once again, how can you assume that without a coach or GM? I mean, at that point, then your your ownership's pretty much telling you, yeah, you're keeping him. Even if the GM and the coach want to come in and go in a different direction, you know, the president and whoever's going, oh, yeah, by the way, you're keeping Matt Stafford. What if they're like, well, no, we really want to draft X quarterback, and we want to start him from day one. 
Well, no, you can't do that. You're going to have to have Matt Stafford for at least, you know, the rest of his contract two years unless he retires. Well, then once again, you're just kind of hamstringing the guys that are coming in. So I don't know how these articles can come out saying, yeah, Matt Stafford's going to be here. There's stuff pointing towards that he's going to be here next year, considering the people that put the team together and coach the team are not in place to make that decision. So it just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I just, I, I don't know. It's, you know, more stuff. I think it's just people looking to write stuff, thinking they know more about it than what they really do or acting like they do. So we'll see what comes about. Obviously, like I said, cap space, uh, you know, there's some, not a whole lot, few draft picks. Probably guys are going to be, you know, obviously salary cap casualties on this, you know, from this team, just trying to get some more space to go on, sign some more guys to try to look to definitely improve this defense. Um, I know everybody's heard before who we'd look to keep, who we'd look to build around in the defense. So obviously they need to bring in some other, other things as well. So they definitely have to get some more cap space for that. And um, they need to bring in some more Howard hitters, guys on that defense that can hit. Form, like former Lions great Benny Blades, which I was uh, Derek was nice enough to invite me to the uh, Believe in Lions podcast last week. Give it a listen. It's a great show. I was able to talk to one of my heroes of one of my Lions favorite players of all time. I, I, you know, I loved watching Benny Bates play, even when he was at the U. You know, give it a listen. It's a you know, it's a great podcast. Derek does a great job. Benny Blades insightful. Um, he's funny. He's got some great stories. Him and Derek just you know you know go back and forth at it, much like how me and Derek do on this show as well. So, you know, give it a listen. You know, Derek's gonna run a little ad here for you, to let you know where you can find it. But um. After that, I'll be right back, and uh, we'll continue this Friday show. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Derek Oakry of the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast, and this is normally where I tell you about some of our great sponsors. But today, I want to tell you about my other Lions podcast. It's called Believe in Lions, and that's spelled B-L-E-A-V on the Believe Podcasting Network with both myself and Lions legendary safety Benny Blades. Yeah, you know who he is. The hard-hitting safety Benny Blades played for the Lions. He also played for the U. You know what it is. The University of Miami, those Miami Hurricanes. He mentions it multiple times on the show. Benny loves to talk about his Hurricanes, his Lions, and I love to play this soundbite on the show. We have a ton of fun on that show. We laugh, we joke, we talk Lions. Like I said, he brings up the Hurricanes. I talk about my Michigan Wolverines. Um, it's it's a really fun show. Benny loves the Lions. He tells great stories from his playing days, as well as uh, we're just rooting on this team. We B-L-E-A-V in the Lions. So please go ahead, find it on your favorite podcast platform. Hit that subscribe button and check it out. Share it with a friend. We really appreciate it. So check out Believe. B-L-E-A-V in lines with myself and Benny Blades. Thank you guys so much. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Hey everybody, once again, uh, this is Griff coming at you on a Friday. You're listening to the Detroit Kool-Aid. Ding, Derek, that's for you, because I know you love it when I say that. But uh, once again, you know, feel free uh, hit me up on Twitter, at DKC, or if um, feel free to call or text at uh, 
989-272-3484. Once again, 989-272-3484. You know, uh, text us something that's good. Uh, we'll put it on the show, a question for us. We'd love to hear, especially who you guys believe who the next coach or GM could be of this team. Um, once again, lines are looking, you know, did the change over, looking to start fresh again. So uh, we'd love to hear from you who you guys think that the uh, – that the Lions um, are looking to get either way. They've a lot of names, there's a lot of people that they that they've looked at, but uh, they're going to have to do a lot of retooling on this team. And once again, that leads me to uh, one of my favorite things to do. I usually do it at the quarter poll, and I've done it at other points in the season as well. But at the final end of the at the end of the year, I always do my final grades. Not player by player, generally by position. Uh, me and Derek may go through later on another episode and do player by player what we think because obviously some parts of the, some players on the team are better and it can kind of skew, especially if you do whole position groups. But I like to do it simply by position group and go from there. Um, it's a little quicker and um, it's just just more of an overview that uh, you guys may like. It's uh, not as in-depth, but I know me and Derek may do the in-depth one later. But uh, once again... Final grades. Let's just start at quarterback. Matt Stafford played, you know, most of the year. I mean, the time he didn't, well, Chase Daniel came in and looked like, you know, hot garbage, and that's a good thing. You know, he didn't play most of the year, but still, Stafford had. I mean, he had a decent year. I mean, he came in with was it the tweet to you know Nate Burleson that you know he's he's gonna go for MVP or you're gonna be talking about MVP. However, it was that was nowhere near the case. Um, and there was games he he really balled out there and there's other games that once again kind of what Matt Stafford does kind of leaves kind of leaves you shaking your head you know why do you make throws like that what you're reading what you're looking at but still I mean um Matt Stafford as a whole quarterbacks as a whole I'll give him a B this year um they weren't uh there was there was games they were in because of that and it's you know it's hard when you score a lot of points and then you can't you know win because your defense is just you know giving up yards and points like you know they're giving out candy to kids so um running backs i mean deandre swift was hurt a little bit adrian peterson was up and down carrion johnson you know once again he's probably you know hey he's the best blocking running back we got on the team he did a thing here or there but you know nothing great i think the future is bright with swift as long as he can stay healthy you know you bring peterson back last year you know next year but like I said, he was real hit or miss. This is going to be another one. I think I'm going to lean towards more of a B minus with the running back position. Uh, there's obviously some talent there. I think uh, I'm starting to agree with you know with uh, Derek on this that uh, on Johnson. I think you need to step your game up a little more. I think you need to work a little harder. Don't get me wrong. I love watching seeing your Instagram post of your girlfriend. She's smoking. Kudos there, Carryon Johnson. But still, I think if you want to keep in this league and you actually want to prove yourself that you can ball out, is that you need to step it up a little bit in the off season. We all saw what DeAndre Swift, his workout, what he does. You know, Adrian Peterson. That's just Adrian Peterson. They still call him all day. That guy can show up. So Carryon, I think you need to ball out a little more in the off season and you know work out if if you plan on really being in this league for a long time. So, but still, position group. You know, I'm giving you guys a B minus. Um, wide receivers, Kenny Galladay, the, the best one on the team, you know, as everybody thought, hurt most of the year. Marvin Jones was really slow at points in, in this, this year, and then he really balled out, you know, the last few games of the year. Part of that could be, you know, once again, free agent, looking for a new contract, you know, throwing the ball. You know, I know people laugh at me for that, saying that, but, it, I mean, there, there's kind of a trend, not just with, you know Marvin Jones with with players. That's what they want. They obviously, it's the last memory is what you have of somebody. And I know teams look at you know uh, 
Oh, look at a year. Look what he's produced all year. Look what he did against this guy. GMs and coaches, that's what they're going to look for. But then they see those numbers later. Eight catches, 180 yards, and two TDs. I mean, look, look what this guy can do. I mean, look what his, yeah, I don't want to say potential. He's been around for a while, so they know he is what he is. But he, he can still produce. So with with that being said, I mean, if the wide receiving core was healthy all year, you know, Danny Amendola, Quintus Cephas, I mean, Marvin Hall was there, and then they ended up cutting him, and they brought in Mohamed Sanu, which I think that was almost kind of a wash right there. I don't know if Mohamed Sanu was an upgrade better, but he was there. I'm going to give the wide receiving core, even for their flashes and glimpses at points, I'm going to give them a C. I think that's what they're worth, and I think that's that sounds about right for for what this team did and what they did with the offense. Uh, tight ends, I didn't include them. I want to grade them separately simply because this one, you could skew this one massively. Obviously, the Lions have a Pro Bowl tight end. Hawkinson took a big step forward. Still not happy with where they drafted him. I don't like tight ends early in the first round. But still, he took that big step everybody was looking for, produced, and made the Pro Bowl. Once again, I'm not one to make a whole lot of stock in a Pro Bowl that, that somebody makes because big popularity contest. But still, second-year guy, he balled out. Lions looked for him an awful lot. I think at points they really tried to force in the ball, which kind of hindered him and hindered the office at, offense. If you look at certain plays in certain games, I mean, Hawkinson would be covered, and they would try to force it to him, you know, giving him the benefit of the doubt that he'll be able to bring it down or he'll be able to box out the linebacker or whoever was covering him. But still, very productive year. You really got to like that. But then the outlaws there also, Jesse James. Once again, this guy was on the run most of the year. Every once in a while, he'd show up. It's kind of like a bad penny. It's just like, oh, here, oh, he's still here. Oh, he's still in the locker room. Jesse James still on the team. Haven't seen him in a while. What's going on? Well, he's here. So, if I'm just gonna, it's 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 not. This is almost kind of bell curvish for me. I would give Hawkinson obviously, you know, B plus to A minus, probably a B plus. But Jesse James obviously a D. So if you're gonna average that out, you're gonna be looking at a C. I mean. So I guess I said I did it as a whole, so I guess I'll have to give the tight ends a C simply because I have to take the good with the bad on that. So sorry, TJ. You know, I love the way you improved, but, you know, still Jesse James nowhere to be found. So I'm going to give that give those guys a C. Um, I guess we include Matt Prater on that as well since he is part of the office and, you know, kicks the field goals. Um yeah, I would give him. He was, yeah, yeah he was at the. He won Detroit fans what the beer or whatever the the contest between him and the Denver kicker. So Detroit whatever gets the beer, I, I guess is what it is, which is never a bad thing. So I can't complain about that. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. He was there was points. It seemed like other years he would just be money, and then this year you're you're still kind of shaking when you would. You were wondering if it was going through. Yeah, you, you know, you got the record for what percentage of over 50 plus yard, you know, field goals made and stuff. But there was other times it was just he was just it wasn't. Some of his kicks weren't even close. I mean, I'm not talking chip shots. I mean, still decent size, but he wasn't as accurate as he has been in the past. So with Matt Prater this year, I'm gonna give him a B minus. Uh, some people may think that's a little high. Some may, some people might hell with the free beer. People might think that's that's low, but still, um, I'm gonna give him a B minus. You guys, you know, please feel free if you dis- if you disagree with me, hit me hit me up on Twitter at griffkdkc or at Derek Oakery. He likes to hear from you guys as well. We've all seen his Twitter battles, and you know, especially uh, the ones lately that he's had about Matt Stafford have been very entertaining. Um, let's flip over to the defense here. Um, I'm gonna include the whole defensive line. Once again, I'm going to give this whole defensive line probably 
few guys showed flashes late. Romeo Carr had a had a you know he had a good year. Ten sacks, you know, showed up, put pressure. I don't know if it's a guy that you're going to want to build the whole defensive around. I don't know if he's that guy that really strikes the fear in offensive coordinators that you got to know where Romeo Carr is on the field the whole time. Um, I think that's just a lot of hard work and determination that got him, you know, where he is. Hopefully, once again, Derek pointed out, you know, two of the last three years he's been this, but. Okay, I mean, once again, you're taking a small sample size right there. Yeah, he's only been around a few years. But, you know, he did have, you know, a good year. Then he had a really bad year, and he had a really good year this year. So he's been up and down. He needs to level that off. But even with just with Romeo Carr there, the way the defensive line showed out this year, getting little to no pressure other games, not great in the run at all. You know, big holes where, you know, the the, the interior line's able to, you know, work off the interior defensive line and work their way up to the second level to block the linebackers who are just pasted to them. You know, there's not stuff in the run, which we were all hoping that Danny Shelton would do. You know, Kevin Strong, whatever, played, you know, pretty decent later. Deshaun Hant hurt again. It's just... One of those things where Nick Williams, you know, you know, before the season started, whoa, we're we're ready to turn around the narrative in Detroit. Well, Nick Williams, he barely showed up again. You know, you had one decent year with Chicago, got a got a payday from Detroit, and then you went back to the shadows. So, uh, you know, D line, I'm giving you guys D. I mean, right there. Some people may think that's too high. Some people may think it's too low. I don't think so. D sounds about right for me. Uh, linebackers, everybody knows how I feel about linebackers. Um, Jelani Tavai, it only took you 16 games to kind of show up and actually have a decent game. I mean, yeah, you had a decent game against Minnesota, but I'm not saying anything like, oh, look what we have here. No, you're terrible. You suck. You're slow. It, it, that whole defensive, that whole that, that whole linebacker and core, I said it before, just sweep them out with a broom. Get a bunch of new ones. I know you can't do that. I mean, probably the one you'd want to keep is, I guess, is Jamie Collins. So because he seemed to be the best linebacker on the team. I mean, other guys out there, I mean, everybody's like, oh, they don't use Jared David Rice. They, right. They, you know, people are like, oh, if they use Jelani Tavai right, they use Reggie Ragland right. What do you mean use them right? I mean, what, go out there and stop the run? Cover somebody, you know, on the under on underneath routes? I mean, is that what you're asking them to do? What is, what is using them right? By like other teams, if they get their hands on, they use them right by not, you know, putting them on the field. Or it's like, well, they need to rush. Jared Davis needs to be more of a rusher. Well, yeah, possibly, but then why do you take him? And you know, if you're not going, if that's not what your defense does, well, then he's just misplaced. I mean, maybe the new coach comes in and says, yeah, we're going to be blitzing, you know, this high percentage of time, and we feel Jared Davis would be the right guy to do that. We think he could get back to the quarterback. He's terrible at everything else, takes bad angles, he can't cover, but, you know, still, we think he could rush the quarterback. I, I can't see Jared Davis all of a sudden become Jack Lambert if he goes to, you know, Pittsburgh, or he's Lawrence Taylor if the Giants pick, the, pick him up. You know, you know, those guys were good at everything, you know. Jared Davis, God, he, he's still terrible. Still a bad first-round pick. That old linebacking core, you guys get a big fat F. If there was something lower than an F, I would give it to you guys. You guys are horrible. You guys are. You guys were, were the worst part of that whole defense. And people, well, they got thrown on a lot in the defensive back. The guy, no, I'm sorry, those linebackers couldn't cover a coffee table. They were slow to the ball. They read and react. Derek picks it out. And it makes me laugh how he says how like Jalen Devi had Velcro on him and he would just run at the offensive line and just get stuck to somebody. He couldn't get off a block to save his life. I mean, all of a sudden he's got gorilla glue on him and he's stuck to him. You know, within three seconds, like, oh, oh, sorry, I missed the tackle. The whole linebacking core was 
terrible. Big, slow, plodding linebackers. I don't care what PFF says if somebody gives them a good grade. Oh, Christian Jones is really good at stopping the run on first and second down. I don't give a crap about that. He wasn't that great either. That whole linebacking core, you know, push him out with a broom, get rid of him, start f- fresh, find somebody. Get people in there that are fast, that can cover, that can read and react a whole lot lot quicker than anybody on the Lions linebackers this year. Gosh, that just annoyed the crap out of me. Um, defensive backfield, I put it all in at once. I mean, I, we all saw it. And those guys either hurt, couldn't stay on the field. Their points were like Mike Ford, the Windsox out there starting games. Um, you know, Daryl Roberts, I mean, he was out there. So the Okuda got hurt, so that really affected him. He was out there. He still looked a little like paralysis by analysis being a rookie out there. And, yes, I know, the cornerback in the NFL is one of the hardest positions to transition to. I get it. I understand. But still, I mean, there was parts where he just looked, you know, out of, you know, out of place, not knowing what he's doing. Um, you know, you know, a oh, he had some flashes, but then once again, there was other times where you saw the back of his jersey an awful lot too. Safeties mentioned no. Tracy Walker seemed to not show up. You know, Harmon had an up and down year. Um, there's. You know, Will Harris really didn't develop, you know, and, you know, he's still looking, you know, not like not that great. Somebody that you could live without. You'll see, I gave the D-line a D. I gave the linebackers an F. Um, I guess cornerbacks and safeties, I give you guys a D as well. I mean, there's nobody you guys ever really shut down. Wide receivers running wide open. Wide receivers you never even heard of that, you know, didn't have games against anybody else. You know, we're having games against Detroit again, so... Just that's it's pretty annoying. The defense as a whole was just awful bad. So D F D for that for that defense right there. D line linebackers, defensive backs. And then uh, well, I mean, if I include include Prater in the office, I'll include Fox on, on the defense as the punter. Um, this guy obviously gets an A. He's a rookie. Um, you know, just you know, one of the best punters in the league. Hopefully, he keeps it up. So much better than Sam Martin. You know, I know Derek. You know, he, I know he misses Sam Martin and the way he dressed and everything like that. But still, I mean, Fox. I mean, you know, you're good. Probably the best part of the defense right there. I'm giving you an A. Hopefully, you continue to do what what it is that you do, and you're here for a while. Um, you know, the Lions have had good punters in the past. Uh, you know, Jim Arnold comes to mind. If anybody remembers the old glory days of the Lions, you know, from the from the late '80s and '90s, you know, Jim Arnold was a good, was a great punter. You know, Fox, you could be another one of those guys as well. So, those those are my grades for the team right there. I mean, may do player by player later, but that's just you know position group as a whole right there for now. Um, if you disagree with me or if you have any comments, hit me up on Twitter at, at GriffkidDKC or once again, or you feel free to contact, you know, at Derek Oakery as well. He loves to uh, talk Lions football as well. Um, last thing I want to talk about here before I end the show is the uh, front office rumors. I keep on reading these things, first of all, that uh, that the Lions may hire their coach before a GM. Once again, that makes no sense to me because then, once you know, the GM has to work with what's kind of there and you're... I think the GM should be allowed to pick his own coach. I'm a I'm a big believer in that, that they need to be on the same page. And I, if a GM can pick his own coach, and we all saw it with Bob Quinn, you know, they never should have fired Caldwell. At that point, they're not on the same page. And we know it was a bad hire. We saw what happened when you're bringing his guy in, Matt Patricia. Oh, yeah, he's going to turn this around. We got a whole new different mindset, different culture, yeah, blah, blah, blah. We, yeah, we got it. But I still think you need a GM before a head coach. Because at this point you're kind of tying the two together, 
with having them both gone the same year, at least let the GM pick a, pick the coach. So have those guys lined up. I mean, they've on prior shows we've named a bunch of people that we'd be interested in. I know I told you. I mean, was it Colbert from Pittsburgh is being kind of thrown around now? Schneider from you know Seattle. Obviously, two organizations that know how to draft well. Um, but a lot of that's coaching as well. They know how to de- they they know how to the develop the talent that they get. So I, I, Schneider, you know. Um, Colbert, you know, either one, I don't know if these are smoke screens, because obviously, all the things about Arena is like, hey, you know, hold your horses on Schneider, you might not be ready to leave Seattle, or now people may know, other teams may know, it's like, hey, this guy's available, because, yeah, he's out there, but Pete Carroll still holds all the power out there in Seattle, so, for people like, oh, he's not going to want to leave there, I mean, I don't want to say he's a puppet, but he doesn't hold, the, he doesn't have the keys of the car, if you're willing to do that, you know, yeah, do that, but I think this might be one where I don't know. If other teams know he's available, they might make a play for him as well. This may be one where the Lions got to pay the guy some cash to get him. Um, same with Colbert, uh, Pittsburgh. Same thing. Just you know, they got to be bringing bringing the money. They got to. You know, I don't want to say break the bank, but that's pretty much what they got to do. And please hire the GM before the coach. I want these guys on the same page. I don't want to be reading articles that all oh, their butting heads over this. And you know, I mean, you read articles how Patricia Quinn butted heads, and that was his guy. I mean, you know having the coach there, you know, I don't know if that makes the coach feel like I was here first. They obviously want me more than they want you. So they might listen to me more, even though you're the GM. So that's why I believe you have to get the GM first. So once again, a lot of candidates out there at one point, it was all like Thomas Dimitrov. He's the guy you're reading all this stuff. Here's he's the guy. And then it came out, well, just hold your horses. We're going to go, you know, interview some other people. I mean, I think the list is up to like 12 people now that the lines have, you know, interviewed for, you know, GM, I have to hand it to them. At least they're doing their due diligence. Um, I, I have to hand it to you know. Really, I mean, kudos to that. I and mean, it looks like Sheila Fordham. You know, she's you know really looking to get it turned around. Um, not too long ago, I read an article about her. You know how she turned this other stuff around. She's soccer mom, and once again, great to hear. So it always kind of made me a little skeptical that she would just kind of follow in line with her mom and dad. But I don't know. It it does look like they're trying to look. You know, something a little different. I don't want to see, I'm not saying she cares more, um, just kind of maybe a different attitude. I always think she kind of wanted this position more so than William Clayford Jr. And I think she's here to show that um, that's what she's really, really trying to do is, you know, put her own stamp on this and, you know, make people believe that, you know, she's not right in the same boat as, you know, her father and mother. So once again, but I'm just saying, hey, hired the GM before the coach, you know, let the GM pick the coach, or at least have him get some information, input on who he would want to be, or he or she would want to be the, the coach. I'm perfectly fine with that. So, well, once again, if you have any, uh, if you don't like, or you like us, you know, you know, give us a subscribe, you know, uh, we love to entertain you guys, just talk lines, it's a cool thing to do. Um, hit us up on Twitter, it's always nice to hear from you guys. And as always, um, I don't have anything else for the show. So once again, uh, drink it in, man. Go Lions. Drink it in, man.